I was at a mingle last Friday, and I think the idea was that me and my dear co-workers were going to, like, talk to the other people who we were going to share an office with or something like that. It's we've been been the idea is that we're going to work in a incubator or a co-working space or something that's more like has startups rather than people who need a co-working space. Uh, so that would be interesting and fun. And when I was at the mingle I was thinking a bit about how to make a good mingle because that experience let me split the experience up in two parts. The good parts were the food, the cake, the coffee that I found an old classmate of mine. Uh, and we we talked a lot about electricity and coding and drinking beer. And that was amazing. And the not so good parts were that it was too hot inside. It was too loud. It was too crowded and so on. Also, there was free beer. That was good. Uh, I suppose. So I was thinking how to how to make a good mingle and how to as an individual mingle in a good way. And I suppose a shortcut to that is to find people that's either good at mingling or that you just share enough things with. And yeah. Hmm. Also, it was interesting to uh, talk to some of the people there we just when trying to mingle and they started to do the whole negging routine on the business idea and the whole everything we do and that felt kind of rude i'm i was <laughs> i was even expecting that or more like that if i am on a mingle and i say that well the startup i work with our purpose is to arm toddlers with nuclear weapons the people who I pitched this for should go, oh, that's very interesting. Tell me more. Yeah, so um, I think that's the the decent thing to do. Also, please don't arm toddlers with nuclear weapons. Uh, so what's your take on mingling? I actually had to look up whether a mingle, like the noun, is a thing in English because it is used frequently in Swedish. But I wasn't sure I've ever been invited to a mingle in English. I've heard co-mingle. I've heard, I've heard the verb to mingle. But apparently a mingle is a thing, not just in so, Swedish. Cool. But so, the fact yeah. that it is such a common term in Swedish should probably a cultural, be some kind of cultural crime because it is so antithetical to like the Swedish mentality. Or it's just the Swedish nerd mentality of which I'm part but it seems very unswedish to have to kind of rub elbows and go up to people and chat nicely with a drink in your hand and kind of try to be interesting and try to be interested it can be very very synthetic i don't think i've seen it work all that well my experience like my best experiences from things that could be described as mingled usually when there's a decent party like if it's a if it's a decent party and there's people there I find interesting, then I don't mind mingling about like finding people, striking up conversations, moving on if it's boring. That kind of situation can absolutely work for me. I'm also fairly social in that way, 
I don't mind the situation. Some people get intensely uncomfortable with the whole situation. I'm not. I think a startup-y mingle, I'm not surprised that some people would go, oh, that's your startup ID. Well, I can see these problems with it because like, I think there's a cultural thing about trying to punch holes in business ideas that it might almost be impolite not to. I don't know. I don't hang out in startup land in that way, but I definitely know that there's there's a lot of... like I don't know that most startup people know that, well... And they've been trying to do this for the last 200 years or whatever. Like your company has been doing this for a bit. If it's your idea that you just started on and you think is going to be the next big thing and you've spent two months trying to trying to do it, then like questioning it is maybe a kindness. Uh, not so much when the idea uh, like has people in it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it does seem rude. I think I could see which angle it might come from without being necessarily intended to be hostile. Uh, that's a good point. It doesn't mean that it's a good behavior, but <laughs> but it's like talking to like uh, nerds and programmers. Sometimes I've brought up something I'm enthusiastic about and they keep trying to poke holes in it and it makes me mad. Or it makes yeah. me not appreciate the conversation. Because what I w wanted to do was share something that was kind of cool and that I was kind of enthusiastic about. And all they wanted to do was tell me why they didn't care about it or why they thought it might not be ideal or speculate on things that could be wrong with it because it's something we do. We look for flaws. We look for problems because we don't trust solutions. <laughs> That's an effect of our job. Yeah. I think. It's I think so. And it's made me appreciate like finding the right crowd when you want someone to kind of commiserate or celebrate with someone to talk about something exciting with. It's like when I want to talk excitedly about Elixir, I better find some people that are either into it or curious about it rather than the people who are currently like super hype about Go or Rust, because they will look for the angle where their thing is better. Of course. And that's fine, but it might not be the conversation I'm looking to have. With mingling, I think you get this effect, but worse. Like the way I operate is I look for excitement and resonance generally. Some people are like, oh, I love it when people disagree and I like a heated debate. And I, I'm okay with debate. I'm okay with that. I don't gravitate towards it. Like resonance. I want resonance and harmony. I don't want dissonance. Mostly because I'm trying... I enjoy excitement. I enjoy sort of positive momentum. I, I enjoy finding things that work together. Conversations that are mostly about debating and trying to pull things apart and figure out what's wrong with them they can be useful but i don't find them generative or like they don't build necessarily build me up they don't i don't feel like they build connection well for me so i try not to get into that when i'm <laughs> when i'm in the mood for for something social yeah so and mingling can put you in touch with anyone in any moment in their life uh, just 
trying to do something like oh suddenly you're talking to a salesperson who's mostly excited about like how they could build the next multi-level marketing scheme or uh who's really concerned about the collapse of crypto or who's just like oh yeah uh i'm mostly interested in sales technique or i'm interested in boats like okay yeah maybe we won't have the most to talk about maybe we can find some cool connection on a personal level uh that can always happen like or just good chemistry uh, so it could still be a worthwhile conversation but i tend to look for people where i feel like something can happen or where yeah yeah probably where something can happen either i can teach them they can teach me or we can make something together like that's kind of what i'm what i'm looking for and it's not always someone that's like me i remember um a mingle with a bunch of customers and a bunch of employees and contractors at a previous job. And I think the person I ended up talking the most to was uh, was she was consulting, contracting for for the company. Uh, she's a not frequent not frequent, but a very good friend. And she's a storyteller. That's her trade. And that's super super interesting, super exciting. And I have a ton to learn from her and when we talk we talk intensely and uh, excitedly and indefinitely so i ran running into her for like that's probably the second or third time i met her properly at a mingle meant we ended up talking for a bit and kind of cemented like okay yeah we should probably talk more at a different time as well and we ended up we've ended up meeting since and helping each other with assorted things but I like a mingle. I like the potential of meeting a bunch of people. I really, really don't care to get stuck with kind of arguing or debating. I don't really like to get stuck with sitting down and complaining about things or, yeah, it's like, I want that potential energy, I think, and build up. What do you go into a mingle wanting to see what do you what are you looking to achieve or what's your vibe going into a thing like that it very much depends on the context i don't really like mingles they stress me out uh, <laughs> so which is probably why i start to analyze them as a way to cope with the stress um, so if it would it felt like a high stakes mingle for some reason like we're going to share a house with these dudes or these people. Better make a good impression. And that combined with me being being tired and a bit too warm uh, and overloaded made it less exciting than it could have been. But if it would have been in a more exciting context, I just tried to find what people are excited about. I was, was when I were at the Erlang and Elixir conference, uh, we maybe we did some mingling. At least we found cool people to talk to. Yeah, the hallway track is certainly an element of mingle because you can, much like a ma- normal mingling, you can also end up absolutely outside of it. Like you can stand yeah. in the middle of it and have no connection, talk to no one, feel incredibly awkward and alone. And I think I've. I've decided I'm 
I don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, so, like, I've never been super anxious about about that as a social situation. So, like, my sympathies to people that do because I can't fully relate to that. But I have been feeling kind of outside and like I'm not finding traction anywhere at these types of events. And I think of like the for one thing that the community is small enough and I'm visible enough and loud enough that I have no issue finding people to talk to recently. But even before I felt like I was someone in the context, um, it was like I had enough of a grip on the community to know people I wanted to talk to. And I was kind of leaning into like, I want to get into this community. So I was actively trying to have conversations and like pushing out of the comfort zone is, it's a thing for me. Like I, I like to do it uh, and I strive to do it. So that has kind of worked. I think you're generally pretty social, so I'm not surprised that you ended up in conversations. But also, you were you were hanging out with me, which also led. I know I brought you into some conversations as well. Yeah, and that combination was quite good. It was. You also listened patiently to more conversations and like let people talk at you more than I do. Yeah, it's one of my superpowers, I guess. If you enjoy it, it is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And there are some actions or sheet codes or let's say we we think that all social interaction is a point and click game or something like that. Monkey Island. So in a on a conference in the hallway track, you get the action say I really liked your talk. That and that part made me happy. That's one of the alternatives you can say to someone. That you cannot say on a on the mingle I was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So so uh, I read your startup website and this part made me happy. Actually, I think that's one of my first conversations with your boss. I was like, I read your website. This huh, part made me cool. happy. Yeah. Or I spoke to one of your previous uh, employees that was leaving and uh, he mentioned these things and those uh, make me happy. So, well, it kind of works with with startup people as well, but I don't think you'd yeah. spend time reading up on everyone at that mingle. So, if I had been more thorough, I could have done that, but I don't know if that would have given me like a toolbox that would have been useful. It depends, I think. Also, here's the uh, speaking of having dialogue options. Ben Ornstein of um, no, his last name isn't pronounced like that. It's pronounced in an American way, I think. Orenstein. Yeah, that's a guy of um, Tuple fame. Yeah, previously Art of Product, now something, something, hacking, something. Yeah, and even more previously ThoughtBots programming podcast. He said that one of his favorite questions uh, when talking to other founders was, what's your biggest hurdle or challenge right now and i love that question what's your biggest challenge right now but i didn't really dare to ask it <laughs> on this mingle maybe i should have especially to the negging folks all uh, all startup people probably enjoy talking about their struggles 
uh, and their company. So it seems a pretty solid, solid starter. And it should also get you into sometimes perhaps not interesting territory. Like, oh, we are look need to close funding on blah, 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 blah. It can be kind of dull. But it's also very likely to to bring you into some meat and potatoes or super interesting niche uh, kind of conversations. At least it brings stakes to to the conversation. And it's something they probably have in mind and uh, and where it's actually pleasant or at least uh, feels useful for them to turn it over in their mind. So it's like, yeah, I, I can see it being a good good conversation starter. It's the active rubber duck strategy. Yeah, rubber cat. Rubber cat. Hi, where are you stuck right now? I'm going to uh, sit yeah. on your hands. <laughs> Maybe it's so not a cat. Rubber snake. Rubber snake is good. Yeah. Uh, you can throw it at people and they will run away. Yes. Yeah. But I think, yeah, there was a bit of a mingle after, like the speaker dinner at Elixir Coffee U. I think that was the one I described, like talking to fish in a barrel, where it's anyone you sauntered over to had at least a 50% overlap in interests with you <laughs> or or had some very niche and specific reason why they're there and why their interests overlap with yours and like people were going around going over to other people and going hey i know who you are i really like your thing and the other guy will go eh yeah i of course i also know who you are and i like your thing which is a very very fun dynamic for a mingle and yeah yeah and some of the people there maybe not high profile in the way that well like there were language core developers there uh, and that's about as high profile uh, you get in a programming community so like you had both jose like inventor of the language but also uh, other people that work on the language or work on the package uh, repos and stuff cool people but there was also uh, the guy that is most known for answering questions in slack and on the forums oh yeah we're nice <laughs> we actually talked to him a bit me and some friends and was like yeah no one's gonna know who you are from your name add your avatar from the forum add your nickname to your intro slide and people will know who you are everyone will know who you are uh and Instantly. when he went to his like second slide so title page and then second slide and was like yeah you might know me as uh lost cobra kai uh, from the lecture form it was like the room erupted into applause <laughs> because everyone has read his answers everyone has had help from him uh, that, that's kind of cool. One of the unsung heroes. Yeah, well, and now sung a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. But it it was a cool. It's a cool type of environment to hang out in, not just because it's high profile people, but because it's not like anyone there is really truly famous or anything. Rather, everyone there is nerdy and excited and interested or invested in the same thing as i was which meant it was a 
target-rich environment for me to just have good conversations and enjoyable conversations. And like the conference uh, was an extension of that. But uh, of course, harder to kind of figure out where the overlap is when you don't know. It's like you don't recognize the faces and you don't have the names and or anything. Like the conference is, uh, takes a bit more negotiation to figure out w- what you should be talking about. Yeah, that's something's going to be interesting with going to Ahara Dev. It's a general, I would almost say, generic developer conference. Wow! Like the track, the track I'm to speak on, web. Yeah, that's not really a niche anymore. Or well, it is, but it's wide, yeah, it, and it is one of like. What is it? 12 or 20 tracks? Wow. Like, oh, this is the .NET track. This is the Java track. This is the web track. This is... And there's just just a ton of big old, big old tracks. And I realized, like, it takes a particular kind of community or space for me to appreciate general, a general programming environment. <laughs> Uh, I know the there's a Swedish Facebook group called uh, Code Monkeys, essentially, that I really don't enjoy. It's just a bunch of people trying to be smarter at each other, and they are generally wrong. <sighs> but I don't really care if they're right or wrong because they're so bad at being fun at all. Ah, oh, fair enough. Like I, oh, yeah, I just had that group. In when I did Facebook and it was just painful. Yeah. And I think if you want to successfully mingle nerds, you should probably uh, give them some direction or some purpose or like, well, any event, any mingle, anything that you pull together benefits from more design. It's like, yes, read the book, uh, The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. Everyone should read that book. And then everyone can be a little bit upset about the events they go to. But just, if yeah, yeah. like how do you want people to meet? Why do you want people to talk to each other? Is the point, is the design of the event to be loose and open-ended? You better have a very good plan for how the, how to make that cool and valuable. While if you have a very directed design, that's a different thing different outcomes and then you can impose things on your participants but you can also tell them up front like this is the this is the idea this is the goal this is how you should tackle it and people can come and arrive with probably less anxiety and you will probably have filtered out some people that will go no i wouldn't enjoy that that sounds terrible and if you filter people out because the concept of what you're proposing sounds terrible that's probably a good thing for them and for you (laughs) and like a mingle i think there's a risk that it might actually sound harmless enough that people feel obligated to attend but not challenging enough that they feel like they need to arrive with their game face on and actually engage with the thing and then you get wallflowers People that just stand around until they feel that it's okay to leave. Yeah. 
And that's kind of bad design, right? Yeah, unless unless there's some wallflowering needing to be done. I don't see why when that would be particularly useful. Like you could design an event where where it's fine to have bystanders. Like sometimes you want an audience for some spectacle. Yeah. Okay. So give them give them good opportunities to be audience then. Uh, take the focus off of them, take the pressure off of them. Uh, a mingle presumes that you should engage socially because that's that's the thing it's there to do. Well, fancy dinner is usually also primarily a social thing and not about eating <laughs> particularly. Yeah, I like eating more than social things. Yeah, mm. like I think... At particular times in my life, I would go to like, like a mingle or a or gallery opening. Uh, sounds very fancy, but any type of event like that where it's like, oh, there are snacks and there are people, and I would go hard on the snacks <laughs> because it was the most interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, then I learned to appreciate people a little bit more. But it, it's still like if you catch me in the wrong mood, in the wrong groove, or it turns out like a can't quite gel with whatever's going on there risk is i'm gonna hit the snacks pretty hard yeah it's all that remains <laughs> i'm wondering if this is me trying to, to design a mingle i think so stop me if it becomes too silly if what would happen if you would have a chat for the mingle too so you have the mingle irl and then you have a chat on the phone. Mm. So you can go, oh, the snacks are really great here. And see if anyone responds with a, like, a lower, broad, a lower uh, bandwidth communication. Mm. I don't know if that's a good idea. It felt like a really good idea before I said it. So I think it can be a way to, to kind of break the ice or reach some types of people that don't socialize super effectively on site so if you go to conferences there's often a bit of a sub conference going on on like twitter or whatever now now it's x and i don't think it's as effective anymore but there are people that you will see on their phones more than at the event and it's like yeah talking in private groups on twitter on on everywhere socializing and being at the event so they have things to say about what they've seen and what they're experiencing but they might not be talking in person about it which i think is fine i think that type of communication is also more useful leading up to an event if you can get people to to engage around certain things before the event so at the point of the event they are kind of jumping at the bit to get to talk to someone or catch up with someone or finally do the thing that they planned to do for some reason. This is a challenge with mingles because you don't usually do things at mingles, like a typical mingle, which is why I generally prefer, like if I'm pulling developers together, I want them to sit down and do programming or something because I think it's going to be a better thing. Absolutely. A more enjoyable thing. For ElixirConf in Prague, that was the 
primary time that I really enjoy the Whova app. I think they've really bloated the Whova app hilariously since then, so I can't find crap in it anymore. Like the people who made Whova, not the conference organizers necessarily. Is it time for a disruption? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Uh, it's it's an all right app. The web app is garbage. But what it allowed me to do when I was I was going to Prague, so I went early, a couple of days early, to experience the place and sort of land properly. So I poked around to see if anyone was meeting up for dinner before the event. So I ended up meeting up for beers and food. Uh, well, I, I met up for beers with some people. Turned out other people than me also wanted to go find vegan food. So we went off. A few of us ended up having some, I think, pretty basic falafel. And then we drifted on uh, through the evening and ended up going to like a wine place with one of the locals and had a lovely evening. And then I had my crew for the rest of the conference. Nice. So how did you find them? Was it through the Hoover app or? Yeah, so that was through the Hoover app and it was like registering a thing for like, oh, we want to go for beer somewhere. And someone suggested a spot and then we went there uh, and met up there. Cool. I was awkwardly early uh, after a while people dropped in. Like I didn't mind being awkwardly early. I was super early to Prague. <laughs> so yeah. And I think I was sitting around hacking having a beer until people showed up so that's lovely yeah and one secret tip to making events more enjoyable or at least that works for me is to be more involved in them so either be involved at the kind of planning stage or actually being one of the people that take the initiative to suggest a thing that also lets you shape the thing a fair bit because you can say oh i'm gonna do this with this and this Come join me. It's like, oh, I'm going to sit down in this library and have a conversation about programming. Anyone who wants to join me for programming talk in the library is welcome. And then we might go for beers, but that's optional. Uh, anything like that. And you've kind of invited a shape of people that matches, that hopefully matches what you're trying to do and you'll you'll learn from the experience like oh maybe maybe this attracts two bookie people i don't like these bookie people uh maybe a library was not the right choice uh maybe i should go to the um to the like bathhouse instead next time uh, the beach yeah, the beach yeah but i think i enjoy a variety of social situations so i have i have a kind of easy in that regard i enjoy the kind of formal beers after a conference where you re where the sausage is really made where the conversations are really had where where people really make connections and then completely forget about each other as well uh, the hallway est of tracks but also like yeah hallway track conversations that's one of the trickiest parts with conferences a lot of the uh, easiest conversation, like it's easier to have conversations while talks are going because it's so much more quiet. <laughs> so missing talks is a great way to get good, proper, long conversations in. Of course, it has the drawback that you're missing a bunch of talks. 
Yeah, but then you can, after a while, go, okay, I really wanted to see the talks about Crow's programming Erlang. So were you there? Was it good? What what did they talk yeah. about? Maybe that's, I think that's a, a good way of getting a conversation started because I really want to know what happened there. And the pers- if the talk was any good at all, they will remember something from yeah. it. What do you typically want from from like social interactions without i guess with developers mostly i mainly want to hear what they are excited about and i want to compare things comparison is the death of joy (laughs) (laughs) let's kill joy then uh so if i can go okay so i i uh, work in elixir i'm also fluent in python haskell and so on uh, i have some languages to compare with just if i talk to myself but if i talk to someone else we can go okay so how does c plus plus do this oh it does it that way oh that's kind of cool so uh i couldn't do that in haskell but in haskell i can do this and then Usually, I need to translate things. Uh, But that's just getting new perspectives, I guess, is the thing. And trying to see how other people and programmers see the world. And usually I'm quite opinionated, but I try not to be opinionated in an aggressive way or something like that. Because it's more important for me to know what the people I'm talking to think than for me to just blast out my opinions everywhere. In social situations, there are other situations where my opinions are blasted anyway. So, um, Because I think there are better ways to do things. So that's usually... Oh, also, storytelling... If I uh, am allowed, if I can tell a good story to someone or a good joke or hear a good joke or a story or uh, do good puns or just happy banter, it's worth a lot to me. Yeah, that stuff is always good. Like that's that's very human connection stuff. And stories are the most memorable conversations generally. So, yeah. I think I think everyone's sort of susceptible to good stories. People that are good at telling stories tend to gather a small group of people around them for a lot of the time. Yeah, I think you have a, a good mindset around this. Like, I think compare and contrast what others are doing and what their tools are like and all of that is pretty sound as long as you're very open-minded about it. Trying, well, as I mentioned, trying to talk to like a reasoned Rust convert about my enjoyment of Elixir. It's probably not going to give either of us what we want because I'm trying to tell them something I'm excited about and they are listening for why they should be excited about their thing while having a conversation like, oh, I really enjoy... For example, if you're among other functional programming enthusiasts, you can probably have some interesting conversations across boundaries, across language boundaries, and so on. 
And you can absolutely have good conversations across Elixir to Go, Elixir to Rust, because there's super good stuff there. And there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of interesting exchange. But it's, it's uh, yeah, I think the the thing there is when I'm looking to share my excitement, then you should look for people that are ready to receive your excitement. <laughs> While that's not typically how I go about like going to a conference, especially since I mostly go to Elixir-ish conferences, I don't really, <laughs> uh, I don't really expect to talk about my baseline excitement for the language. We might talk about something specific that I'm excited about that was like talked about at a conference or whatever. But I might also just be very curious about what people are up to and the type of approach you're describing, like being pretty open ended and. Uh, curious i think is a, is a very good good way to tackle things because i think if you are looking for something too specific you're going to be disappointed one of the cool things about meeting other people is that you don't quite know what to expect but if you're placing like constraints on what success looks like you're very likely going to be disappointed because people are unlikely to do exactly what you wanted them to uh, they can still do things that are great in other ways yeah prepare to be surprised <laughs>